Today's Your Stories is brought to you by the Second City Training Center. Find your funny this week with a $20 improv drop-in class at the Second City Training Center in Chicago. Your first drop-in is on us. Use the code TESTDRIVE for a free improv drop-in any Sunday at 7 p.m. For more information, go to secondcity.com backslash TC or call 312-664-3959 to register. Your Stories is a wonderful opportunity to share all the highs and lows of being a nerd. You know that hobby you have that you don't talk to anyone about? It's a secret you don't like to share because it might make you feel weird. Maybe you're into something different. Uh, Comic books, fantasy football, push-ups. Your Stories, to me, has been this really kind and welcoming space where people just have the guts to be really honest and they share their voices and their stories with everyone there, no questions asked. Uh, I've heard stories about all those things. Uh, maybe not not a lot of push-ups. I maybe haven't heard a lot of stories about push-ups. The Nerdalogs is group therapy meets Toastmasters. I know there's always a place where my odd thoughts and unusual habits will be welcomed and championed in a warm, supportive environment by other nerds just like me. And what's fun is you'll see people in the audience one month, and then all of a sudden they uh, go up and tell their story. So your story becomes their story, and their story is your story, and then it's our story, and then it's a podcast, so it's everybody's story, and then you've shared it, and gosh, that's great, huh? And even if you don't think you're a nerd, you probably are. It's easily the most Midwestern thing I've ever been a part of. Hey everybody, I'm Eric Garneau and this is the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories Podcast. After a couple weeks of diversions, we're back to the live storytelling today with the first half of a show recorded last night at Challengers Comics and Conversation, one of the best comic book stores literally in the country. They have won awards that say as much, and man, what a show it was. As you can see, the theme was kayfabe, and we're celebrating wrestling with our friends from the podcast, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling plus a bunch of other great guests. In this episode, you'll get pieces from Sarah Shockey, Brandon Kirkman, Bill Nielsen, and Liz Anderson, plus music from myself and Dwight Hassler. And definitely come back next week for more wrestling goodness. Uh, This was a really lively, engaging show with an awesome crowd. I think you're going to love what we've got. So the Your Stories crew is keeping pretty busy doing some bonus live shows around Chicago over the next couple weeks. We're popping up at the American Writers Museum on Saturday, March 31st for our yearly collaboration with International Tom Hanks Day. And then we'll be on the Cards Against Humanity stage at C2E2 the following Saturday, April 7th. More information on those shows are available on the websites of the respective organizations I just mentioned, but also I'll be talking a lot more about them in the next couple episodes. Of course, you can also always head to nerdalogs.com for more deets on the shows as they approach. So uh, I plugged this in the live part of the episode too, but let me say again, you all should really head over to martyandsarahlovewrestling.com. It's such a cool show and those guys put a lot of work into helping to book and put together the show you're about to hear Uh, It totally paid off. I can't thank them enough. Thank you, of course, the challengers. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Let's get in the ring. We're gonna we're playing some songs. 
at, at first I pitched, well, let's play what our theme songs would be if we were wrestlers. And Dwight's like, they're all metal and we can't play metal. Fair enough. So we're going to play songs about fighting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Starting fight. with a band that has been instrumental to uh, all, of, all of my bands I've ever been in, a lot of friendships. Right? Yeah. Yeah. One, two, three. With karate, I'll kick your ass. Here to Tiananmen Square. Oh, yeah, motherfucker. Gonna kick your fucking derriere. Yeah, yeah. You broke the rules. And now I pull out all your pubic hair. Motherfucker. Betrayed me and then he lied Tried to hide and I died deep inside And you know the reason why I'm gonna kick your ass From here to right over there Oh yeah, motherfucker I'm gonna kick your fucking derriere You broke the rules And now I put on your pubic Uh, by Ben Folds 5.
but we will have no apathy here on this stage-like area tonight. We celebrate earnestness in all its forms. And tonight that form, like I said, is wrestling. So uh, we are very happy to have in the house the uh, performers, producers, hosts of Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. One of them was gracious enough to open the show for us. We, the Nerdalogs, and, and she go back a little ways. So it's like she's family. Please welcome to the stage, Sarah Shockey. Yeah! Shockey, and some of you may know that tonight, a uh, big get that we had for uh, like maybe a month or two was Colt Cabana was going to come and tell stories, but last minute he got booked to wrestle of all things, so <laughs> instead of having Colt here, I figured I would tell a story about Colt, so here you go. I wasn't allowed to watch pro wrestling when I was little. Also banned in our conservative Christian household were Rugrats, Woody Woodpecker, Growing Pains, and Full House. (laughs) Plus, wrestling seemed like a thing for boys, so I never tempted fate by watching it. But I was always fascinated by wrestlers. I loved American Gladiators, and when I saw The Rock in The Scorpion King in theaters in 2002, I was enthralled by it. (laughs) Something about the combination of muscles and acting pulled him into my brain for the rest of high school and beyond. (laughs) He was a real wrestler. In 2010, I was somehow asked to perform in the Second City 24 Hours Letters to Santa benefit show. 24 hours of rotating improv shows. I had only been doing comedy for a year, and I was still visibly overexcited every time I took the stage, but also, in the way young 20-somethings do, I felt like I deserved to be there. (laughs) And I wanted everyone in the room to see how great I hoped I was, though deep down, I was very afraid to be there. I wore red for Christmas time, I showed up early, I sat in the dark until it was my hour to perform with a group of established actors and improvisers. The star of our slot was Colt Cabana who told stories of being on the road and in the world of wrestling, and afterward we did improv based off the stories. I was in awe of him. He looked different than every single person in the room. Tanner. Stronger. Better. (laughs) He kind of looked like someone from an advanced civilization that, like, knew more than we. (laughs) And in another token young person move, instead of admiring him from afar, I wanted him to be impressed by me, too. So I burst in to join him in the first scene after the storytelling part. As hilariously and sexily as I could, I begin with, wow, looks like it's just you and me here after hours in the Shed Aquarium, just the two of us. (laughs) I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I was hoping for some bold-ass flirting, you know, in front of the smattering of people who came to the 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. shift of improv comedy before the holidays. (laughs) In response to my improv advances, Colt Cabana intently looked at the fish I made up and asked about the different species and types. (laughs) 
<laughs> someone tagged in to pretend to be a fish with him, and that was the end of my first brush with wrestling. <laughs> if you would have asked me that day, I would have told you that I'd probably never get into wrestling, even though it seemed cool. But wrestling kept finding me. In 2012, I dated a guy who was a diehard fan, so I would look up wrestlers and draw pictures of them with captions like, I pedigree that I'm a good wrestler, parentheses Triple H. <laughs> and then in 2014, I dated another guy who never expressed interest in wrestling whatsoever until the day he announced he wanted to start watching Monday Night Raw at a local bar. I went along, and before I knew it, I was tweeting out that I would love to commentate pro wrestling. One of my friends responded and invited me to do just that. The next thing I knew, I was hired as a commentator by Resistance Pro Wrestling in the Chicago suburbs. Three shows in, Colt Cabana was brought in for a show. I chatted with him and reminded him of that first improv meeting. <laughs> he laughed and told me that he had also been nervous to do the improv. I was still nervous about doing commentary and backstage interviews, but it felt cool to reconnect with someone that I admired so much. A couple of years later, I met my podcasting partner and now boyfriend, Marty DeRosa. <laughs> <laughs> And through my involvement in comedy and pro wrestling. He and Colt were already close friends and comedy partners, so I kept running into him. Instead of seeing him as this mythical wrestling being, I started to see him as someone real and down-to-earth, but in that light, perhaps even more impressive. He's someone who works hard every day of his life. He's wrestled in Japan, he has a recurring show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and in a few days, he's heading to wrestle in Shanghai. All because he pushed himself to become one of the best in the world. He's made connections with fans that have changed lives for the better. He's not only a wrestler, he's a link to fans and the personalities they love, a liaison between dreams and reality. A few nights ago, I had the privilege of collaborating with Colt on a project. He's making Marty a singlet for a wrestling debut he's having in <laughs> April. <laughs> They're going to be tag team partners, and he handmade this singlet. Every letter cut from fabric by us and stitched by him. It was a concentrated look at the effort he's carefully put into his whole career, thread by thread, all because he wanted to make something special for a friend. In eight years, I went from sharing the stage with a stranger to sharing a craft night with a friend. For me, it's been a lesson in patience, of letting things progress on their own time. Had I really wowed him for a single moment doing improv years ago, whatever joy I would have gotten from that would be long since gone. Instead, I did things I liked, work hard, worked hard like him, and found that there were many others doing the same thing. And in this case, he was a wrestler. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Sarah Shockey, everybody. Who listens to Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling? Yeah. Super great. MartyandSarahLoveWrestling.com is the website. It's on Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Definitely get on that. Coming next to the stage, we have a local stand-up, awesome friend of the show. I love having him here. So excited to hear his piece. Please welcome Mr. Brandon Kirkman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was very excited to be on this show, not for wrestling, but I love lying. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> like, I've thought about this all the time. I really want to take my dog and swab his mouth. And then send it off to Ancestry.com just to get that letter back. Be like, we don't know if we should call the police or scientists, but you've got nothing but dogs, dude. Um, but I was really excited to be on this because I'm not a big wrestle person, but I have a story that's very tangential to it, which is when I was growing up, I'm a little bit older. This is about around 92 when I was six or seven. There was a kid in my neighborhood. Uh, his name was Kevin. And there's two things about Kevin. He loved wrestling. 
and he loved having every Nintendo game that was ever made. Uh, very good features. And I was like, how can I get my in with this? So finally I decided I will just lie about wrestling to him. I can just talk about wrestling and pretend I know things, and I'll get to go over and play Nintendo games as much as I want. And sure enough, it was true. It was very sad because I found out that I tried to get into wrestling. I'd watch it, I couldn't. I just found out that I loved lying so much. <laughs> it was just too easy. He'd be like, oh, Brandon, did you see that WWF match last night? It was so crazy with Jake the Snake. I'm like, yeah, man, of course. Snakes are so cool. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> why wouldn't that be great? And then he'd be like, oh, man, I can't believe that whole match with, like, Undertaker versus Glenn Roth, that was so crazy. Well, I'm like, yeah, that was pretty cool. I don't think The Undertaker should hit women, but, you know. <laughs> and I was expecting a monster truck, but I guess it was just a wrestler. I'm, <laughs> it makes sense now talking to you about this. And all the time he would just come up to me, and I'd kind of lie about it, but he'd be so enthusiastic about it, too. He'd always be like, oh, I can't believe Bret Hart's the WWF champion. And I'm like... Me too, I'm so glad I, he got all the votes he needed. We, we haven't had a champion in years, and we just really needed this time in this day and age. And I feel bad because like, I never got my comeuppance on it. What happened is eventually my dad got a job in Florida and we moved, so I got like the perfect easy out. And I was just like, Kevin, I gotta move. Just classic dad stuff, you know? He got a job, and I gotta follow him apparently because he pays for the house and everything. <laughs> But, like, I'll always remember our time together. And I remember Kevin said something really sweet. He was like, well, you know, we'll always have wrestling. And I was thinking to myself, it's like, well, you'll always have a lot of Nintendo video games. <laughs> and I feel like, in a way, I did get my karma for it because I have a job currently where I'm working with a 19-year-old and the three things he loves are talking is extremely disgusting to me, wrestling, <laughs> and doing these three things at me at all times. <laughs> and, like, I'll just be standing there, and I've, I've decided not to lie about it. I'll just tell him I don't like wrestling. He's like, oh, I should TKO you for that. And I'm like, there's a new kind of KO? I didn't realize this. <laughs> and then he had to explain that to me. But the more disgusting thing is he'll just say the most, like, raw, gross things to me when we're standing next to a bunch of guests coming through because we were at a hotel. And he'll just be like, Brandon, when I get home tonight, I gotta bust a nut on some big-ass titties. <laughs> and it'll be like a person, like... <laughs> five feet away from us and I'm worried I'm just gonna have to go to like HR one day and be like hey we had a guest saying that looks like uh, dad hired his son to talk about sex with him at the job and we think it's you and like I hate it because he's just so graphic about these things but I know so much about him like I know more about his dick than my dad <laughs> And I came out of my dad's dick, so that's really messed up. <laughs> and I feel like I could see this as karma, but I've really started to warm up to him, too. And in a way, it's like, let me see that there's a beautiful side to every person. Because the other day he came to me, he's like, Brandon, are you thinking about getting a new HD television? I'm like, yeah. I was like, yeah, you should get that. I heard the HD stands for very good. <laughs> and I found out he was not joking, as much as that was the funniest thing I heard all day. <laughs> So I'm like, you know what? I kind of like you a lot. I think I kind of love you. So, guys, enjoy your wrestling stories. It's as much as I got there. Brandon Kirkman! Oh, man, you can catch Brandon around town. 
He's great. Uh, similarly, when I was a kid, I would have to lie about my wrestling cred, uh, especially to my stepbrother. And my my into wrestling when I was a little kid was Sergeant Slaughter because GI Joe. Like, look where we are. Uh, <laughs> and come to find out, by the time of like 1998, Sergeant Slaughter was not cool anymore. Apparently, I don't know. He's always cool to me. He beat uh, Globulus, which okay, no one knows who Globulus is. I clearly am out of my element here. I'm gonna go ahead and make a smooth exit. But first, let me introduce our next storyteller, uh, another longtime friend of the show. He is a podcaster. He hosts a video game podcast called So Many Bits. Is that a pun also related to comedy? I don't know. You be the judge. Please welcome Bill Nielsen. Yeah, guys. Ring quotes. Uh, Pro wrestling, uh, you know, from the beginning to the end of the show, distorts what is real and fake. In, In other performing arts, you know, expectations are generally set before you sit down, but the WWE, they'll show you a fictionalized scene in a reality show about their lives performing fictionalized scenes performed as reality. Hey, don't forget to watch Total Divas and Total Bellas all on the E Network or WWE Network. Other works will try and blur the line of what is real and fake, but few do it as well as WWE. One possible exception, though, may surprise you, and that is the longest running, game based, short form comedy show in the United States Comedy Sports. <laughs> Much like in wrestling, comedy sports bills itself as a legitimate competitive event. There are teams of performers, points are awarded, and a winner is decided. But while the teams truly don't know who will win in advance, everything else up to that point is carefully considered beforehand. The running order, the games played, even how frequently fouls are called are considered when mapping out the show. It's an impressive sleight of hand, honestly. A lot of times, the audience does not realize they are being influenced and only see a back-and-forth match competitive up until the bitter end. I know these things because I used to perform as part of Buffalo's comedy sports troupe, and I continue to sit in with them when I'm in town. Last year, I performed as part of their Improvathon, a series of 25 consecutive shows that serve as a fundraising drive so the team can attend the Comedy Sports World Championships. It's not clear to me, though, if the trip is worthwhile. I mean, in an increasingly strange coincidence, the host city has been crowned world champion 14 years in a row. (laughs) (laughs) On Saturday night at about 11 p.m. during this Improvathon, it was halftime during one of our shows. Our team was down on the score, so I suggested we play Replay at Bernie's. This is a good opportunity for me to demonstrate how I would explain the game during a show. Hey, folks, have you ever seen the movie Weekend at Bernie's? Ah, you'll catch on soon enough. All right, let's get the show going. (laughs) 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 To be clear, though, for the sake of everyone listening, you perform a 60 to 90 second uh, improvised scene involving up to four people. Then, the audience votes on which of the performers should be killed, at which point the scene is performed again with the deceased player remaining on stage as a corpse animated by the survivors to repeat what happened originally. Repeat until only one person is left to manage everyone. Replay at Bernie's is almost uniformly a crowd pleaser, though it is physically demanding and requires extra care on stage. But I wasn't thinking about that as we began playing the game about 15 minutes later, and I am killed off after the second iteration of the scene. Now, one of the most reliable bits you can do in Replay Bernie's, excuse me, Replay at Bernie's, is to, with assistance, lift the dead person into a standing position, then have the corpse carefully Drift back and forth as though you are going to fall, forcing anyone who is still alive to steady you. But tonight, I decided I could be funnier if I fell on my own. So from my position, and for those of you listening, imagine I'm attempting to touch my toes, but also pretending to be dead. I fell forward. 
In wrestling and in theater school, they teach you safe ways to fall. At least I, I assume I've never actually been to wrestling school or theater school. <laughs> but I didn't need a degree to know that landing directly on top of my head would be really, really bad. If this were an internet video in August 2016, Baba O'Reilly would be playing over a still image of me, and I'd be saying, you'd probably be wondering why I got myself into this situation right now. <laughs> Rotate. So, in an act of self-preservation, I shifted my body in midair to lessen my risk of paralysis. Now, some wrestling fans may not know that before he was The Rock, Dwayne Johnson wrestled as Rocky Maivia. And as with many young wrestlers before they fully hit their stride, he had what I always considered a ridiculous-looking finisher called the Shoulder Breaker. He would lift you upside down and then drop you on his knee, landing shoulder to knee. Now, I thought that would be ridiculous. And in fact, if you look at it, it looks like his knee is taking more of the damage than his shoulder, the <laughs> opponent's shoulder. But now I no longer doubt the devastating power of that move. <laughs> I heard an immediate pop and oh. felt pain even before I finished rolling. I heard the audience gasp, much like this, but <laughs> with my eyes closed, I couldn't even tell exactly where I was. I didn't groan and I didn't stir. I mean, this wasn't a zombie scene we were doing. <laughs> so I had to stay that way for another couple minutes as we continued to have people shifted around on stage. We did another iteration of the scene. I stayed perfectly still and let them do that. Once it ended, I disappeared backstage and Dr. My Brain diagnosed that it probably wasn't dislocated, but that I also probably wasn't going to shake it off. <laughs> when we got to the locker room, I started to realize I'd really messed up as I couldn't lift my arm above my shoulder. It was doing like, I couldn't get it above this point. And changing clothes was out of the question. Driving home was difficult. And I didn't feel better in the morning. After a quick call to my doctor confirmed I would need to get an x-ray, but probably wouldn't gain anything from visiting ER, I canceled all my re remaining shows for the weekend. Though I didn't know it just yet, I had fractured my collarbone. Oh. I have fully recovered my range of motion, but it's still not always fun for me to wear a backpack. But I did at least learn two valuable lessons for my troubles. One, throwing yourself headfirst at the ground with your eyes closed is dangerous. <laughs> and two... Maybe I'm not in, as in control of the show as a performer as I thought I was. Because even knowing all the tricks and even realizing what I thought was going to happen, I still, lying there in a heap in pain, was like, man, it would be really lame if they had to call an ambulance. Even here, even listening to me now, you hear me using phrases like players and locker room, branded comedy sports terms, not <laughs> green room and performers. But afterward, more importantly, I was still really satisfied to learn from others. It looked like an incredible fall. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Bill Nielsen, everybody. Uh, if you go to the archives on our website, Bill told another story about improvising with a wrestler. Who Was that Was that Goldberg, Bill? Oh, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper and Bret Hart. Rowdy Roddy Piper and Bret Hart. Yeah, Bill improvised with them in, in Toronto, right? Nice. Yeah, so if you uh, go to nerdalogs.com, uh, under podcast search for Bill Nielsen, you can find that story. It's pretty wild. Bill is a huge wrestling fan. Obviously, that was super great. Uh, I just wanted to point out I brought up my buddy Roadblock here. He <laughs> chills with uh, chills with Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, he's got those bona fides. You know, he's he's my boy. You guys uh, should watch the GI Joe movie. It's pretty tight. Anyway, <laughs> it's actually not that good, but uh, there's there's redeeming parts. So we have one more storyteller in this half. Uh, you can see her performing around town as an improviser and comedian. Please welcome Liz Anderson. Yay! 
I'm gonna take Roblox away now. She's my friend. <laughs> um, thank you so much, everybody. Um, Bill, I loved what you said about comedy sports because it sounds like Buffalo. I work at Comedy Sports Chicago. Um, the amount of thought that goes into the running order is pretty minimal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at, on ours. Um, but yeah, so thank you to Marnie Zara for asking me to do this. This has been lovely. Uh, I started getting into wrestling about two years ago, which is why I don't have a wrestling story. So <laughs> I'm going to do a quick character monologue for you, which is in its own way. Uh, uh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so yes, here we go. Uh, Good evening, young man. It is I, the sexy headmistress from your fantasies. <laughs> I imagine I'm not quite what you were hoping for, my dear. You were hoping for a, a dream about a young pert 20-something with large breasts and a supplicatory demeanor, hmm? <laughs> well, no such luck, Trevor. <laughs> you see before you the result of your wildest sexual fantasies. A cross between Professor McGonagall and an Easter Island stone head. <laughs> Trust, I am just as unhappy with this arrangement as you are. I have several old books that I could be rebinding at this moment. <laughs> but instead, I'm to starve for the evening in your ejaculatory terrors. <laughs> but as they say, the only way out is through. So. And now a little about me. My name is Mrs. Norship. I'm a boy school headmistress head with a pedigree most high and genitals most dry. <laughs> I specialize in punishments, but not the fun ones. <laughs> Every day in my school is stiff, boring, and underwhelming, much like your wiener. <laughs> yes, indeed, I can see that this is somehow doing this for you. <laughs> so I shall continue with this sexual talk I see you looking at my body, Trevor Do you like what you see? <laughs> Doesn't my beaky nose seem perfect for lapping your tongue over? Does not my frame tease the mind Much like a bag of chicken bones in a dog's mouth? <laughs> Does not my high frilled and starched collar remind you of the stiffness of my hymen? <laughs> Next, I will focus on you, Trevor, because sexuality is nothing without the personal connection. Please relax as I massage your shoulders with my thumb knuckles. How was lacrosse practice, Trevor? <laughs> How are you being affected by your parents' divorce? <laughs> are you secretly attracted to your cousin, or do you have the flu? <laughs> mm, now I can see you are fully erect. <laughs> Soon you will wake up sweaty and confused with memories of my Birdman-esque face burned on the side of your eyelids. I invite you, Trevor, to not worry too much about what this means. <laughs> when you arise in terror and completion, realize that attraction is fluid and being into authoritative women is actually very admirable. <laughs> I can only hope that you can take what you've learned here tonight and use it in your relationships in the future. That's what I, the sexy headmistress from your fantasies, wishes to teach you. 
Now I'm going to flick your penis until you come. <laughs> Thank you. everybody I don't know it felt weird having my exact fantasies exposed on stage like that uh, guys who's heard of the band uh, White Lion one person great so I am okay a couple people this is one of these Eric specials this is like me insisting that we do a song that most people haven't heard of because I have this like deep love of hair metal uh, and unfortunately White Lion was never quite popular enough to make it to the MTV Unplugged era so we're gonna go ahead and take them there um, this is a, a really cool corny song they wrote called Little Fighter which is about um, a little fighter uh, Mother Teresa oh. yeah but um, she could have been a wrestler I guess maybe sure. I don't know uh, so this is yeah. this is called Little Fighter and uh Bless you all for indulging me. But mostly bless Dwight. <laughs> Are you crying tonight? Are you feeling alright? I told the world that you would Little fighter, and don't. 
that song, then maybe the fact that they were a hair band that wrote about Mother Teresa kept them out of that popularity. <laughs> they were always kind of third, third tier, uh, but I love it's them. Like writing about Margaret, Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.